I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to On The Bench, a special pop-up edition. Zach, can you make a pop noise for me? Oh, that's really good. That's solid. Nice, nicely done. Uh, so I'm Brendan Sinode. I'm joined by Zach Blostein today, as you heard him popping. And we're doing this pop-up episode because some interesting developments happened this week after our Monday episode in the world of FSU recruiting. And that development was two offers went out to class of 2023 quarterbacks. About to introduce who those two people are. Zach, uh, let's, uh, I guess let's break down, I guess, who, who the two offers were. And uh, then we'll get into like why the why of this. Yeah, so Florida State goes ahead and offers two uh, 2023 quarterbacks. Um, the first one, Brock Glenn, out of Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, he's a three-star prospect, number 428 national prospect in the 24/7 composite, number 23 quarterback overall. And the second quarterback prospect is Ricky Collins. He's a four-star quarterback committed at Purdue right now. Um, he's out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He's the number 176 national prospect and number 12 quarterback in the composite rankings. So this is significant. And Zach, you can speak on this better than I can, given that you cover recruiting full time all the time and or into it. We don't see offers usually come this point in the cycle for quarterbacks with a team that already has a quarterback committed solidly uh, for about a year. Right. So this is kind of unique in that regard. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely unique and it's definitely a, a plan, you know, move. Um, it's not like they're just randomly doing this. So let's get into the the plan then. This has come to some of the background that we've shared at Knowles 24 7 in recent days. Uh, I know we have a lot of people who listen to the podcast and that aren't subscribed to Knowles 24 7. If you want the information as it comes out immediately, like that's always going to be our priorities to the people, the subscribers at Knowles 24 7. So You've had this information on it for a day or two. Zach's had some really good intel on the two quarterback offers as well. So check out Knowles 24-7 as well. But for those of you who aren't familiar with what's happened with the quarterback recruiting recently, uh, this isn't something that was just done, an old man phrase here, all willy-nilly. Like this was, it, and it also wasn't a super long-term, like six-month plan either. I would say probably at the beginning of the spring, maybe March-ish or so, Uh not an exact timeline, but I think for a couple of months, there has been, hey, let's do an evaluation process through the spring, make sure we are uh, dotting our I's, crossing our T's, and doing a thorough evaluation of the quarterbacks in this class. And uh, that was partial what led to these, this movement, is that Florida State saw some quarterbacks that they thought, hey, these guys have value, they can help us out, and they, in our estimation, are attainable. Florida State can make a play for both of these guys legitimately. And that would be in addition to having Chris Parson in the class. My understanding, Zach, is that FSU has been clear in communicating to Chris Parson that there was a possibility to take two in the class. That wasn't always the case, 
but it's something that they've said recently to him uh, is that, that it is something that could indeed happen. Uh, I think one other reason why we've seen these offers go out is as you project ahead, you know, Florida State currently has three scholarship quarterbacks on its roster. Uh, asking around a little bit, I know I've kind of beat the drum of like three seems really, really shallow and, and exposes you to depth, except, especially with Jordan uh, Travis's injury history. I do think three may not be as like unique as initially thought in the transfer portal era. If you're the number four quarterback, you're probably trying to transfer and go somewhere else, go down a level, something like that. So it's not unique. I think ideally you'd like to have four. I don't think three is like maybe as alarming as initially thought in the off season, but as you project ahead to next year, if you could have four, I think that's ideal. And with Jordan Travis potentially leaving after the season, whether that's to go pro whether that's to go, please turn off your uh, audio there, Zach. I'm sorry, I don't have a, I don't have a working phone right now. It's going to the <laughs> back. Very unprofessional. You can turn off uh, notifications, uh, and it distracted me. But for Jordan Travis, like there's a chance that he's not on the roster in 2023. He may move on to do something else. Again, maybe professional. Whatever it is, uh, I think they look at the roster and say, okay, we may only have three with a pretty young group of guys. That would be a true freshman and Chris Parson a redshirt freshman or sophomore, depending on how much he plays, and A.J. Duffy, and the Tate Rodemaker. So adding a fourth one to the room in 2023 and thus a second one in this class has something that FSU says long-term uh, would be healthy for the quarterback room. You're spot on with that. You know, we've talked about it a little bit, hinting at it, um, that something like this could happen. And I definitely, you know, I agree with you. I don't think this is like a – the plan all along, you know, Florida State wasn't always set on taking two quarterbacks. But when you consider what's going on in college football right now um, and and just how roster management works nowadays, especially at the quarterback position, like you said, like a, a four string quarterback is probably not going to be at your school for more than a year if they're not moving up the depth chart. Um, they're going to they're going to look to transfer, even if that's to go go to, a, you know, a lesser school like a g5 or, or an FC, fcs school if that means getting you know film because that's what matters most now you know you know you got to wait out the process but like some of these guys want want to get on the field and i and i get it um but that that also shifts things about you know how the transfer portal works um and and also high school recruiting like it, it you know shifts how much these schools value taking high school recruits obviously four states in a position where they want to add um two quarterbacks now um, because of how their roster currently looks. And, and you know, I, I think that's a good plan. Uh, you mentioned that you think it's a good plan. I've been humored by some of the interaction of people on the message board who were saying, oh, this is too late. It looks like we're panicking. Like, I, I don't think that's the case. It's been done, again, this is at least a couple months of like, let's see if this is something that makes sense. This is not something that was done overnight. Uh, and you, Zach, wrote in your report card on post-spring recruiting, so entering the June months, uh, the June and July, and, the, and that's the evaluation period, uh, you wrote, if I'm not mistaken, that you thought getting another quarterback in the fold in 2023 was sensible. Why, at the time, uh, was that something that you were kind of hopeful Florida State would do? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I like what Chris Parson brings to the table. That's their current 2023 quarterback commit. Um, I think, I know I watched him in Nashville at the Elite 11. I think he he's a pretty good quarterback. Um, but Mike Norvell needs options. I mean, this offense hasn't really got going uh, since he's been here the way he's wanted it to be. I mean, that that 
that last year at Memphis, that's that's the Mike Norvell offense at its best. And that's what mm-hmm. that's what he needs. So, you know, I think Chris Parson can unlock, you know, some things in that offense that haven't been seen. But why not go and, and get another quarterback to even, you know, expand that uh, the possibility of, of unlocking that full offense? And I think the two guys they offered are, are both really good quarterbacks and, and could be those guys to help Norvell, you know, turn this thing around. And at the end of the day, like that, that's what's got to happen. I mean, they got to get difference makers um, at every position, especially quarterback. It's the most important position on the field. Um, and I don't think they need to limit their options and, and landing, you know, we could say, oh, they could just go in the transfer portal after the season and go get a guy that's experienced. Well, that's easier said than done. If the guy's, you know, a good quarterback, he's probably not going to go to Florida State um, at the end of the season just based on, you know, recent history. Um, they have Amateur had, hour over here. Yeah. I mean, they, ha- but they haven't had, you know, good success landing uh, guys in the portal. I mean, Jordan Travis is, is probably their best, but that, that was before this staff got got to tell mm-hmm. half i i think the high school ranks is always the way to go especially when you're when you're trying to develop guys and i think both the guys they offered are, are really good options so let's get into the guys they've offered i know i'm getting old when i keep wanting to call guys different names like brock glenn i keep wanting to call brock Heward, uh and ricky collins i keep wanting to change his last name as well uh, it's been that sort of like week for me uh, where in the 30s now and brain's not working as well as it did in the 20s for sure you're easier yeah, man, I can only imagine what 40, 50, God willing, 60, 70, 80 is going to look like. Uh, so let's get into Brock Glenn uh, in his game. I really like the well, he's the huddle. You know, I'm only watching highlights here, and I'm, I'm not there in person to see him throw yet. Uh, but he, to me, like I, the one negative is I don't think he has like a live arm. Like, I don't think he puts a ton of like torque on it, and he has to kind of get into some of the throws. But he can push the ball downfield, uh, and more so like I love his footwork, the way he moves in the pocket. Uh, it's really, really high level how naturally he kind of feels pressure in the pocket, slides around, moves his feet well, keeps his eyes downfield, which is really important. Seems like he's accurate as well. So there's a lot to like there. I think he's an ascending prospect. Zach, you saw him at the Elite 11. I know you're watching Chris Parson primarily, but Brock Glenn's someone, I almost call him Brock Heward. Brock Glenn is someone who got an invite to the Elite 11 and was one of the two or three best players there, right? Yeah, um, he was the the third invite at the Elite Eleven final or for the Elite Eleven finals in Los Angeles um, from that Nashville camp. He he was impressive, man. And you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about his huddle because I just watched it right before this podcast. Um, he there's a play, and, and you talked about this. His footwork in the pocket is just really impressive. Um, the you know the play kind of breaks down. I think the D end gets around the offensive tackle on the left side. Um, and the, the DN goes for like a strip sack on Glenn. Um, he's not successful, but the most impressive thing is that Glenn like doesn't panic. He sticks in the pocket. He basically takes like a half step forward and then completes a pass downfield. Like most quarterbacks, even at the college level, if that happens, you're seeing them either, uh, you know, just take a sack or scramble out of the pocket and make a you know forced decision. He looked extremely comfortable, obviously, you know, Things are going to be moving faster at the next level. But that's just a really good sign um, for a quarterback to be that poised in the pocket um, early on in his career. Uh, at Elite 11, you're right. I was paying most attention to Chris Parson just because that's what I was there for content-wise. I wasn't aware of, you know, Florida State going all in on, on Glenn um, until a little bit after that. But, you know, I think 
he's a good quarterback. Obviously, the Elite 11 guys thought so. Um, there were other guys that were more highly ranked at Elite 11 um, that didn't get invites, mm. and Brooklyn did. He was all, he also scored in the top 10 for the spark rating. You know, I don't know how much to make of that, but um, definitely has some impressive physical tools as well. Yeah, I think that shows that there's some physical upside there. And you watch the highlights. Like it, He's not a dominant athlete, but he does move in the pocket well, like we said, and he, and he runs to throw, which I think is important and in, in becoming increasingly more like both the college and NFL level. Like you have to have – that's why 24-7 sports got rid of the pro-style quarterback, dual threat quarterback. Like you have to be able to move now. Every quarterback has to have some level of dual threat to them. Uh, and his name's Brock, which I, I think that's going to make him – a higher chance of, of a hit rate of being a quarterback. I think just naturally, if your name is Brock Glenn, then you have a chance of being a really good quarterback. It's science. You caught up with Brock. So let's, let's get into that before we talk about Ricky Collins. So let's talk about Brock and, and the interview you had with him, Zach. Yeah. So I guess the first thing to note is that there's some deep ties with his coaches at his high school and Mike Norvell's staff um, when they were at Memphis. Um, he knows Mike Norvell Coach Tony Tokars, Coach Justin Krause, who's the director of scouting on defense now. Um, Krause was recruiting Glenn to Memphis when he was there, and he made the transition over to Florida State this offseason and then continued recruiting Glenn at FSU. Um, so that's kind of the connection there, the initial connection. I know Cooper Williams is, a, is another staffer that is familiar with Glenn due to him being at Memphis before uh, FSU as well. Um, but yeah, he, his main relationship with, is with Coach Tokars. They've been talking uh, ever since he went down for an unofficial visit to Florida State in March. Um, since that visit, they've been building a relationship, and Tokars has been open with him. He talked about it in our interview, uh, basically saying that they were you know, considering taking two quarterbacks. They weren't always set on it, um, but that Tokars was communicating with him often about the possibility of taking two, and he talked about how um, it was a great moment when Coach Mike Norvell got him on the phone and offered him um, a scholarship uh, a couple of days ago. All right. And then, so the next quarterback we're going to talk about is Ricky Collins from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, a lot of people have asked on the message board, why is LSU not totally in on him? I think that's kind of like increasing, but that is his dream school. I'm told he's from legitimately like he's from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That's where LSU is. Like he, he is, that is his dream school, but the previous coaching staff really didn't recruit him. Uh, his current one has recruited him more so than the previous coaching staff, but I think that did sour him a little bit and kind of, he's a Purdue commit right now. And he's very much so open to the idea of continuing the recruiting process and seeing what develops here in the summer. We'll get into that in a little bit. But Ricky Collins, to me, has an intriguing skill set. I think someone you could see that's still kind of ascending in, in the way they're uh, developing physically and the way they play the game, you know, the way he plays quarterback. I spoke to someone who's seen him throw live in person. Like, I thought the huddle stuff, like the way he does some improvisational stuff and sticks in the pocket and can hang tough and, and deliver uh, a throw under pressure and is really comfortable attacking the middle of the field. I thought that was all really good stuff. I thought the release looked a little weird, Zach, but I talked to someone who's seen him throw in person. Like, no, nah, he's he's legit. He's got a live arm. I think everyone who sees him throw in person comes away impressed. And I think it's worth noting, I don't know if you have his profile pulled up right now. You mentioned it at the top of the show what he's ranked. There's a pretty big discrepancy, if I'm not mistaken, Zach, uh, between the 24-7 sports rankings and the national one for him. Uh, it actually got a little bit closer, Ooh. I believe. Yeah, they're both in like the 170 range now. 
I know 247 bumped him um, up to that ranking, a 91 rating in the uh, the, the top 247 rankings a little bit ago. They they mentioned his loose live arm, mm-hmm. um, and they were just you know talking about how natural, you know his natural tools and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, he's a guy that's that's seen his stock rise this offseason uh, for sure. And you have a little bit of scoop on there with Ricky oh, yeah. Collins, a little scoop, a little juicy scoop. So lay it on us. Yes, sir. So Ricky Collins, uh, I was informed yesterday that he will be taking an official visit to Florida State for the weekend of June 10th to the 12th. Um, that's locked in. He's also got an official to the school he's committed to, Purdue, um, for the weekend prior to that, June 3rd through the 5th. And then I believe he's taking an official visit to Oregon. It's not completely set in stone based on my conversation with him yesterday, um, but he's planning to take an official to Oregon later on in June as well. Interesting. Interesting. So it shows that he's open for business for sure, that he's willing to kind of explore what's going to happen here this June. So it's going to be a really interesting month or so for FSU with quarterback recruiting. How does this all impact Chris Parson and, and his commitment status? You know, he hasn't talked about that at all publicly. I know the FSU is completely cool. Like they want two quarterbacks. They like Chris Parson. They like what he brings. I think getting him with someone else with a, a varying skill set would be really good and healthy for the quarterback room. And I've also been told that they are communicating, uh, have communicated with Chris Parson. This is something that that could happen. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, anything else, Zach? I don't think so. I mean, just a few other things to note from my talk with Ricky Collins. I posted a full article um, you know, with oh, you talked to him. Yeah, I talked to him. Um, yeah, f- full full article with him on Notion Four Seven right now. Um, but yeah, he said he's been talking to the staff since last year, um, and building that relationship. And he talked. He he said for them to finally offer me, it means a lot because we do have that bond and the relationship that's that's been existing for a couple months now. Um, but yeah, just like Brockland, Tony Tokars is is most in contact with Ricky Collins, obviously as the quarterback's coach. Um, and they've made it clear that they want him in the class. Um, the thing I'm here for is the Tony Tokars versus Kenny Dillingham uh, recruiting battle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, I think it's very fitting that Obi-Wan Kenobi airs tomorrow and we're going to have oh. some master apprentice, like kind of dynamic going on. circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Only a master of evil does. Huh? Huh? It's going to be awesome. Pivotal month of June coming up. Oh, you're going to call it pivotal? I just call it pivotal. Oh, my God. Uh, Thank you for being gentle to me, Zach. Ricky Collins is ranked 176 nationally and 172nd by 24-7 sports. It doesn't get much closer than that. (laughs) What a... Idiot. I think the last thing before we get out of here, other than me being stupid, is that there could be it's so tough that people who trust like my that can that can hear me stutter and stammer my way through thoughts on this podcast and then completely butcher like someone's ranking and thinking there's a discrepancy and there's almost none and then have to listen to me actually have real insight and intel that's accurate. I understand there's a lot of good faith that you're putting into that. So thank you if you're totally buying into it. But Zach knows I kind of know what I'm talking about sometimes. sometimes. A little bit. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, Zach, if there are more quarterback offers 
down the road. I think these were the two priorities and that's why they were the first two offered. Uh, so I, I just, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen, uh, but Florida state did its due diligence again with the spring evaluation period to kind of see, you know, is there anyone else we can expand the board to? So we'll see. Uh, one name that I personally like, and it's just someone who I think makes sense that he's a Penn state commitment and Penn state's got it, you know, moving pretty well. So that, that's a toughie, but he is in the state of Florida. He's only two and a half hours or so from, Florida State, uh, from the land of Tim Tebow. I know it's kind of blasphemy on this podcast, but he's from uh, from Nice High School in Ponte Vedra, and that's Marcus Stokes. That's the guy who had a giant discrepancy, Zach. Oh, I feel oh, much man. better. Woo! <laughs> that, that, I did look at that yesterday. It he's, was five spots. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's ranked 170th nationally by 24-7 sports, but in the composite, he's ranked 387th nationally. Wow. I knew I saw something pretty drastic the other day when talking about quarterbacks. It makes me feel mildly better. But anyways, I like that kid. He's interesting. He doesn't have a huge arm, but super like gritty. Yeah, I heard he's super. Yeah, I heard he's super cocky. I, so, I spoke he? to someone. Yeah, he plays like that. That knows him, and and he, yeah, they they describe him as super cocky. So um, definitely a good trait for a quarterback, I think. Yeah, I think you want that in your quarterback. Uh, so, so, anyways, that's a guy who I like. That, that's kind of on my radar. We'll see uh, what happens. You know, if, if or when the board is expanded anymore, but it's been expanded a little bit. It's been a really interesting. Uh, added a little bit of spice to this week of recruiting. So, uh, I think that's everything. Anything else, Zach? No, I think we're good. All right, say sticking the landing, please. Sticking the landing. <laughs> Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.